and welcome to Additive Insight, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence brought to you by the TCT content team. I'm your host, Laura Griffiths, TCT Head of Content, and for our first episode of 2021, we have an interview with Andy Langfeld, President of Stratasys EMEA. We spoke to Andy towards the end of last year, just as the company announced a huge $100 million deal with Origin, and after an unprecedented year amongst challenges around the COVID-19 pandemic. However, throughout we discussed resilience and how in the last 12 months Stratasys has launched and shipped a brand new polyjet system, continues to make strides in the aerospace and healthcare markets and how the AM industry has come even further than Andy could have imagined at the beginning of his decade-long career in 3D printing. As always, if you like what you hear, you can get your free print subscription to TCC Magazine and receive the biggest 3D printing news stories delivered straight to your inbox every week with our Additive Insight newsletter by subscribing at tctmagazine.com. You can also let us know what you think on social at the TCT Magazine and join in the discussion on the Additive Manufacturing Global Community Discord. But first, a word from our sponsor, Ultimaker. Ultimaker are a manufacturer of desktop extrusion-based 3D printers that can help streamline your workflow and save you time and money. Ultimaker printers offer industrial-grade material options backed by an extensive materials alliance program and they're also paired with trusted Cura slicing software which recently surpassed a milestone of 2 million users. For the decade in the additive manufacturing industry, Ultimaker machines have been used by a wide range of industrial customers for a range of applications. For more info, click the link in the description or visit mytct.co forward slash ultimakerpod. Okay, so hi Andy, thank you very much for joining us on the Additive Insight podcast today. How are you doing? I am fine, thank you very much. It's a pleasure joining you. Great. We are speaking, of course, just a day after Stratasys released some huge news, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the conversation. Um, Right now, I'd really like to have a look back over the last 12 months and what Stratasys has been up to up until this point. So um, we're nearing the end of the year now, and it's been a particularly challenging one for everybody. How has 2020 been for Stratasys? 2020 has been a very interesting year, let's put it this way. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a year of new experiences, a year full of learnings, um, and uh, it also gave us the chance to, to streamline and to sharpen our plans, which I believe was uh, very important. Obviously, it's not a, a pleasant uh, situation when it feels like overnight uh, you, you see the world changing uh, in a, facing a pandemic. And um, as it is in business, you need to seek uh, the opportunity of, uh, of uh, challenges. And I think that's what we have done very nicely. We did, as a company, uh, sharpen, as I said, our plans, um, really sharpened uh, our focus areas. We took a lot of uh, learnings with us, whether it's uh, the marketing approach, where all of a sudden you need to change from an event-driven marketing approach to more digital learning about how to engage with customers, but also prospects in a digital way has been uh, an amazing experience, which will actually help us um, in the future. 
And really rising to those challenges, I mean, additive manufacturing certainly did. During those early challenges brought on by um, COVID, 3D printing really stepped up to the plate in terms of supply chain disruptions, not only for producing PPE when it felt like everyone from individual makers all the way to additive manufacturing OEMs were getting involved, but also as a means for um, alternative manufacture when supply chains were disrupted. So what does that impact look like now, Mumson, in terms of additive manufacturing adoption, do you think? Did it help raise the profile of additive at all? Yes, definitely. I mean, first of all, it was great to see how uh, unions have been formed during the pandemic to provide PPE mm-hmm. and how companies uh, leveraged the power of 3D printing or additive manufacturing in order to overnight switch uh, the production line from maybe car interior to PPE. And that uh, nicely reflects uh, the power of 3D printing, and that's why it has been shining. Uh, It gave proof points for uh, more self-sufficiency, for for more resilience. And what we see now is that there is indeed uh, uh, a larger amount of awareness out there when it comes to what's in it for me as a company, when it comes to applied additive manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And it starts with the awareness that uh, on the one hand, yes, we are as a company, maybe you know, out of the perspective of a customer, we are too dependent from global supply chains. We are dependent on a supplier and it has a, a cost and a t- time factor. And I want to learn more about how additive can help me to be more resilient, to be more self-sufficient and to have my own production in-house. So that's a a leap in terms of awareness that we are recognizing in the market. The demand uh, and the approach of uh, companies out there is becoming more targeted when it comes to really understanding how can I disrupt my internal processes and start doing things differently. Yeah, you're right. We've certainly seen that profile and that awareness of the technology raised throughout many industries. And, you know, you yourself have been in this industry now for for some time. Do you think additive is is where you thought it would be at in terms of this perception and adoption in the wider manufacturing industry? Because we often talk about additive in relation to this $12 trillion manufacturing market. What's your take on where we're up to? I would say we we are further than I would have believed. Uh, now 11 years in the company or in the in the industry, right? And when I saw the first uh, 3D printed part, um, it was, you know, the perception was kind of like a toy. Okay, you can print nice prototypes and uh, I get it. It's helping companies to be a bit more uh, uh, agile, fast, creative when it comes to in-house prototype uh, production. But now 11 years later or even earlier, but if I'm, if I'm looking from the, the current point of view, you now see 3D printed parts in airplanes. You see mm-hmm. um, you, you see 3D printed spare parts on trams and trains. Um, it's a whole new world. So I think the, the advancement in terms of being uh, a solid and reliable manufacturing alternative has been more than I would have expected 11 years ago. But certainly as we moved through the years, uh, we... Uh, actively influenced that development. Mm -hmm. We advanced our technologies like FDM, where you now have the the possibility to certify the outcome, the printed part, against industry standards, whether it's the rail industry with EN45545 or the aerospace industry with other certifications. 
-hmm. And we, we took the technology down the road to really build industrial grade parts, uh, reliable, repeatable, and it's now a solid manufacturing solution. Mm -hmm. And Stratasys has got a really unique perspective on this, really, because you've been in the industry in terms of Stratasys was there for 3D printing invention and now all the way to this portfolio ranging from large industrial and design focused machines to desktop systems via MakerBot. You've got this real full view of the additive manufacturing landscape. And we know that some areas for machines this year have fared better than others industrial machine segments have kind of struggled compared to smaller professional systems which have actually um, really picked themselves up during this year which areas have seen the biggest demand for stratasys this year and, and was it what you expected i mean first of all the, the the portfolio we have is basically a the result of the solutions we want to solve for our customers mm -hmm. so when, when you look at the, the market a couple of years back you could bring a cool product to market and customers would figure out how to use it. And it could be the use in automotive for prototypes, it could be the use in medical for um, surgical guides. So customers have always been uh, more advanced in terms of what are the use cases out there. Mm -hmm. Now we took the approach to really segment our offering in terms of focusing our solutions on the designers where you want to have an, an optical uh, and haptical prototype that really reflects your end part. On the other hand, you may want to have functional prototypes or jigs and fixtures in the engineering space, or you want to produce your spare parts in the manufacturing space. Mm -hmm. And then in healthcare, it's a, a different requirement that you need to meet. So we took the approach to segment our offering and to really take it into a customer-oriented approach. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at this portfolio now, it gives us a lot of resilience. As you said, the, the reason if, you know, if, if industrial uh, grade printers are struggling because companies are holding on to their purse in a, in a pandemic where you're not doing this large investment, it's quite natural. Mm -hmm. But um, this is where other elements of our portfolio held us strong. So I think that the broad portfolio, on the one hand, it's keeping us resilient as a company because no matter what the trends in the industries are, no matter what the healthiness of certain segments is, we have a broad offering for different target audiences. And at the same time, we, um, we do have an offering which is really customer-oriented and uh, based on the trends and based on the, the demand that you see out there, we strive to always have the right answer for our customers. Mm -hmm. You referenced a few different industries and application areas there as well. And throughout this year, um, healthcare has been a clear one, as we've seen with COVID efforts and also several installations of the J750 digital anatomy 3D printer in its first year. And there was also, of course, the J55 launch back in April, which was poised as a more affordable polyjet system aimed at small and medium design customers. So where has Stratus focused its efforts the most this year? You know, that, that's, the, that's the funny thing about the segmented approach. You can have a focus on many areas because you have a team of experts, uh, whether it's our R&D efforts or whether it's our product teams or even the sales teams. So you don't necessarily need to focus. And I, I understand that sometimes it could you know, be confusing when you look at some of the, the other companies in the market. There is a very clear focus. We are a company uh, providing printers for jigs and fixtures. Now, the legacy and the huge installed base that we have um, uh, created over many, many years, we are diverse 
but it doesn't mean that we are not focused. Mm -hmm. so we have a focus on healthcare, yes, because we have healthcare experts in our team. We have solutions that are addressing the, the needs with our digital anatomy printer, as an example, the needs for medical testing. And we also have solutions like the J55, which indeed are a more affordable solution now with the capabilities to give you unique design capabilities, whether it's transparency, whether it's a Pantone validated color. So it's, it's basically answering the, uh, the or flowing with the, the trend of the market where J55 is now a classical example where you can make this available to smaller companies and smaller design studios where you don't want to have the big, big printer in your office, but you now have a solution that is addressing the office environment where you still can uh, have your teams working with that printer on any design challenges internally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the J55 has already gone through to several different design firms and, and, and customers this year. Was it was it quite different um, launching a, a printer under these circumstances? It was a very different experience. I'm really glad we did it because uh, when, when you line up your roadmap for the year and you think about your, your launch planning, um, obviously you think twice uh, in a situation like this whether you would create the right impact. But we have been very pleased with the resonance of the market towards this launch, uh, but also with the uh, adoption of this technology that we see so far. So it's, it's definitely been uh, a new experience. But it, it nicely shows all of this uh, digitalization that we are in right now, right? Mm -hmm. You sell digital and you provide also a digital experience with uh, the software, the workflow that we are offering. And, and finally, the, the managing of the printer and the printed part, it's, it's really an experience. And to start the journey of a new product in a digital way and then enhancing the digital experience uh, in terms of workflow at the customer, it's actually a nice, uh, nice anecdote. <laughs> and how about strategic activity in the aerospace market? I mean, it's an industry which has been hard hit this year due to travel restrictions and lockdowns, but historically it's been a, a pretty important market for the company. Speaking with TCT earlier this year, Stratasys VP of Aerospace Scott Sevchik said aerospace is the right place for additive manufacturing to mature. Is it an area that you're seeing more activity happening in again? We basically see uh, uh, a market that is, is struggling indeed, but also a market that is pretty resilient. You know, in terms of uh, aerospace, you can you can find companies that are not purely focused on aerospace, but also on uh, defense, as an example, or space uh, at the same time. So additive manufacturing serves our customers well in that aspect because you can take the technology and serve it for different purposes. Mm -hmm. so we, we do see certainly an impact, yes, uh, but we, we also see an aerospace industry that is resilient, that mm -hmm. is um, still investing. So the, the programs that we have with our current customers are not impacted as much as um, the overall industry. So some of the production um, workflows that are, are still alive, so the, the customers are consuming. And we also see here and there additional investment, obviously. And I'm confident that uh, this is an industry that will pick up again and that will um, also maybe refocus in, in other er into other areas within the aerospace uh, industry. Mm -hmm. I think resilience is, is really the 
the important word here and, and you are right we are seeing things starting to you know more activity happening now things like Boeing qualifying Stratasys Antero 800NA material back in October. So things are certainly still happening behind the scenes. Um, and we also recently saw Stratasys work with software company Entopology as well. And Entopology are a newcomer really to the industry in comparison to Stratasys. And we actually featured Entopology a few weeks back now on the Additive Insight podcast. Um, and you guys came together on the development of a series of design for additive manufacturing workflows for the NTOP software platform. Can you talk about the significance of that collaboration and, and just collaborations in general? It's a, it's a very important point. When you look at the, the market today, the collaborations and the partnerships that we are driving are crucial for the customer experience. Okay. It's not only about the printer uh, where our expertise is or the material where our expertise is. With our GrabCut software, we also have a software solution that is serving our customers with a seamless printer management experience, but partnerships like the one with Antipologies are so crucial in order to streamline the workflows for our customers. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have an FDM fixture generator where you automatically basically get the design that you need and you with, with a very low touch or no touch, you can start the print and it's all intuitive, it's a huge customer benefit because the, the full process is what bothers the customer. It's not about the print and, and how many clicks do I need to do in order to start the print. It starts with the design. And design additive manufacturing is a very important skill set nowadays. And the more you can automate this with software and software partnerships in the end, which are streamlining the software piece with the usage of our equipment, is a key benefit for our customers, which is saving them time and it's just giving them such a seamless workflow where you don't have to think about the process itself. You have to think about the part that you want, about the benefit that the printed part is bringing you, and the rest should be really seamless and automatic. And that's what we are achieving with such uh, partnerships. Mm-hmm. Now, as I mentioned briefly at the start of the conversation, just when we thought things were starting to wind down for the Christmas break, Stratasys made a major announcement this week in agreeing to acquire 3D printing vendor Origin in a $100 million deal. Can you just talk to me about that decision and what this technology is bringing to the Stratasys portfolio? Yes, it's, it's fully aligned with our strategy. What our CEO has been doing um, earlier this year is to present where we want to play, basically. And we want to be um, rightfully the first choice in polymer 3D printing for designers, engineers, and manufacturers. And if you look at our portfolio, where by legacy and by nature, we are um, known as an FDM and polyjet company. And if you now look into what I explained earlier, the segments that we are serving, design, engineering, manufacturing, higher volume production, healthcare, it is clear that we need to add technology in order to have that perfect customer solution fit that we are after. And this is where Origin is a proof point and perfectly clicks into our strategy. Origin serves a technology with a P3 polymerization where you have, first of all, also a very strong software element that is giving you the reliability and repeatability for industrial-grade parts and it is serving higher volumes, hundreds of thousands of parts per year. And that is basically a value add that we will be offering to the segment of our manufacturers and the producers out there. 
So we will take another loop step with uh, a very smart technology that Origin is developing together with our powerful go-to-market and the global coverage that we have. We will serve the proximity to the customers out there that want to benefit from parts production in higher scale. It's a really interesting development and our senior content producer, Sam, has chatted to both Origin and Stratasys earlier this week about the deal. So and to our listeners, if you want to hear more about that deal, you can read more now on tctmagazine.com. Um, but with this exciting new technology, Andy, um, let's talk about the future and going into 2021. And um, We've witnessed some emerging trends this year, such as remote working, and as you said earlier, some of the digital things that we're seeing coming into play now, and how additive can be an asset in making supply chains more flexible. What trends do you think we'll see carrying on into next year, and, and how will strategies be addressing them? So first of all, I do see a steady and strong demand for all of the solutions that we're offering. If they are impacted by um, you know, financial means because of a pandemic, it doesn't mean that the demand is going down. So first of all, the demand uh, stays strong across all of the, the solutions that we're offering. Now, obviously, with what we discussed earlier, the growing awareness or the leap in terms of awareness, in terms of uh, supply chain disruption, about um, the production of spare parts in-house. That's a trend where I'm expecting more noise and uh, uh, actually more solid grounds next year. Uh, we see companies reaching out um, and, and trying to understand how can I do this uh, transformation from traditional to additive. And it's basically all about um, analyzing the parts that are being produced today. If you take a look at any product and the related bomb, um, you, can, you can start by checking how many of the parts that I'm producing as a company are first of all printable. How many can be printed additively? Now from there, you need to do an uh, uh, economical analysis basically, where does it make economic sense to print? Where do I save time, money, outsourcing costs, whatever it is? And this gives you a very clear picture which parts you can basically start switching tomorrow. And that's the level of awareness that is in the market today. And what we are doing basically to address this is to, to offer, offer this consultancy, to take companies uh, at their hand and to say, let's look at your parts, let's look at your bomb or at your production line, and we will tell you and help you where you have applications in-house today and where you can save money tomorrow. Okay. And is that going to be mainly dealing with uh, major manufacturers then, or will that also be helping these smaller businesses that have maybe just started to dip their toe into additive manufacturing? It's really all across the board. The, you know, the perception that, uh, of course, a large company is using additive manufacturing because they can afford it, um, that's not a true argument anymore. There are so many small medium enterprises that are leveraging this technology to drive change, uh, to, for example, um, not only in the prototyping to, to take it in-house, but also for um, production aids for jigs and fixtures or for the production of parts, it's becoming more and more prominent and we do see a continuously increasing adoption here. So that's definitely across all companies um, and that's uh, one of the focus areas for sure. But I still believe, as I said earlier, that it's, it's across the segments. We do see um, a good adoption of our J55 solution for the designers. 
Now, um, this will continue. We will see more and more design studios, more and more companies that are designing products that will be adopting this technology and now um, just you know, scale it by adding technology to our portfolio. We will be playing in markets where we haven't been playing before. So I'm, I'm very confident and positive about the, the trend, um, especially in 2021 and beyond. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you'll be addressing this via those um, consultancy um, efforts going forward, but there are some well-known industry challenges that continue to exist within additive manufacturing, things like um, cost barriers, better education around what types of parts should be printed, um, certification, etc., are there any particular challenges that you see as being key barriers at the minute that Stratasys is aiming to focus on more in 2021? We're focusing basically on, on all of the barriers that you have mentioned. And, uh, you know, what, one of the, the things is the, the expertise out there, the, the knowledge, the awareness, and that's where you need to have a very close touch to education. We are working with um, several uh, universities. We are working with Chamber of Commerces to uh, create the curricula to have 3D printing experts as a certified uh, job, uh, for example, or to have this as an additional training. And on on this end, uh, and we're, by the way, starting also in uh, uh, almost elementary grade school, so you want to create this additive mindset that the next generation is, uh, as we used to say, the digital native, uh, the additive native. I think that's a very important point where you you hold the talents uh, close to you, you give them the right education, and they will enhance the industry um, from where it is today because you have a growing level of knowledge. But at the same time, cost barrier or um, the certification, the solution makes sense if it delivers what the customer needs and if it uh, delivers a value add. So yes, in some cases, uh, the cost per part is a barrier, so we are aiming to have our solutions uh, steered up towards that. If you take a look at the, the origin sh- solution, um, you have a, a much lower cost per part uh, compared to what you would see in other technologies. At the same time, the certification is something we're continuously pushing. So that's where we learn from our customers about industry-specific uh, certification requirements. Um, we took a, a step into mobility, into aerospace, and there's other verticals that will follow where we will certify our material for the purpose of a certain industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how are some of those requirements um, that you're aiming to address and the ones coming from customers, how, how are they going to influence uh, your launch roadmap going forward in 2021? It's a direct influence. The, the reason is we, we, we do have the, the largest customer installed base basically in the market. So that's where we have direct access to customer needs, to customer requirements. Now with our business unit setup, where we have the experts per segment we serve, we have a direct line of communication between a customer need and an R&D development basically. Mm-hmm. I think it's also helping us to streamline our investments and our R&D efforts to really be focused on on solving customer pain points that we see in our target audiences. It's it's really a direct correlation and uh, the the customer should be driving the solutions we bring to market because it's their problems that we want to fix. Mm -hmm. 
And I understand, especially with this recent origin news that, you know, the, the goal is to be this uh, this leader in, in polymer additive manufacturing. But of course, uh, we saw over the last couple of years, Stratasys have now um, introduced the Stratasys layered powder uh, metallurgy process, the new metal technology. Can you just talk about where you guys are up to with that and, and perhaps any challenges that you've faced in bringing a brand new metal additive process to the market? On this end, basically, it, it went according to the plan. We have uh, two units installed in, in Europe. Uh, we're gaining the, the customer feedback. Now, the question is, if you want to take a look at your roadmap uh, three to five years down the road and you want to focus your investment, you want to focus your resources, you need to make choices. And um, since the, the polymer space, if you look at our installed base, if you look at our DNA as a company, at our experts in-house, um, the polymer space is uh, close to our DNA. It's, it's our core, and that's where we see the biggest opportunity for us to drive more solutions to market for the customers, to grow our business in a more significant way. It doesn't mean that we're completely turning our back towards metal, but we just wanted to make sure that we put this uh, focus straight, and then um, time will show when we may be stepping into that direction again. So to finalise then, lots to look forward to happening in 2021 and beyond then. Exactly, yes. We're excited. The team is uh, eager to end 2020, which is uh, ending strong and, and positive. But we're certainly eager to start 2021 and to take, uh, take it into the right direction. And now, a word from our sponsor, Ultimaker. Ultimaker are a manufacturer of desktop extrusion-based 3D printers that can help streamline your workflow and save you time and money. Ultimaker printers offer industrial-grade material options backed by an extensive materials alliance program, and they're also paired with trusted Cura slicing software, which recently surpassed a milestone of 2 million users. For the decade in the additive manufacturing industry, Ultimaker machines have been used by a wide range of industrial customers for a range of applications. For more info, click the link in the description or visit mytct.co forward slash ultimakerpod.